No, Justice is my name. Roe is my pop-pop, which is my mom's maiden name. And my dad's last name is Williams. Can't cut the man out. You know what I mean? He'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of these Siemens did make you at least one of them. I was like, yeah, you right, bro. Yeah, you right. <laughs> I guess we better, we better capitalize on that. <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? We'll keep the name for that one little one, yeah, one little thing. I like how y'all laugh because I was just like, whatever, bro. I guess I keep it for that. One of the thousands and trillions that was all delirious and didn't make it. You know what I mean? And that had happened. It was a hap- happenstance. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like, oh, we, we know what to do. No, they really don't. They just be like, eh, eh, eh. and some dies off. Some don't make it because they just die. They're like, oh, we gone, gone, gone. And then some make, and they're like, oh, I don't know which way to go. I don't know which way to go. And then all of a sudden, one lone one's like, oh, I'm still going. I'm still going. Blah, blah. Oh, I, I hit a brick wall, but I guess I'm supposed to keep going. Keep going. Here's that brick wall. And... And it Justice happened. Williams. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> We're going to have to use that to introduce the episode. <laughs> here it was. That's the best way. You got your intro right there. Y'all can just be like, and here it is. <laughs> this is how we got Justice Williams. Yes, we did. Indeed. <laughs> ourselves to see fitness differently. Let's push the envelope when it comes to self-love. Let's push a new narrative about women and weight. Let's push out harmful ideas about the body that is rooted in racism and patriarchy. Let's find a new definition of fitness that welcomes all people. You ready? I'm ready. Let's push it. And we are so excited. We have a special, very special guest on with us today. We have Justice Roe Williams with us today. Yes, I've been so excited about this podcast because this is one of my favorite people. Yes. And we talk about him on most of our episodes. Pretty much every single one. About how influential he's been in his course. Um, deconstructing the fitness industrial complex has been to uh, me personally, but also to our business. So Justice, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to, to be in, in community with you always. You know, y'all do some powerful things out there. And, you know, it's, it's a funny thing in the world of activism, right? You find out if people are genuine and authentic. 
And I am really grateful for what you create and the space that you create and the community that you connect to and build with. It's, it's a powerful thing to watch y'all on Instagram. I really, I really be vibing with y'all and vibing with what you do. I can't wait to visit. I'm going out there on the podcast. So when I come down there, we can have some fun and, and, and get lots of laughs. Yes. Yes. Why are you so serious, sir? <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I think it's just going to be a lot of laughing. Oh, yeah, a lot of laughing and eating. Yep. We're yep. Gonna... <laughs> yep. Plan on it. Plan on it. So, um, so, yeah, so I got to know Justice by signing up for his six-week course. Uh, he owns a company uh, called Fitness for All Bodies. And yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. He's got the hat on and everything <laughs> he's representing and the tattoo. And the tattoo. Oh, yes. <laughs> I got the new tattoo. The birthday tattoo. Birthday yeah. tattoo. <laughs> get, a song, get a song about it. <laughs> I need a birthday tattoo this year, I think. Yes. <laughs> I need a tattoo. I know. Maybe I- we're going to get friendship tattoos. You know, your birth was your original tattoo. Yeah, that was yeah. deep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, thank was you. It like belly button deep. <laughs> <laughs> see, for, for y'all, it might be vagina deep. Belly button might not be that. <laughs> I know for me, it's vagina deep. I ain't mad. I ain't mad. <laughs> I like, yeah. you, can tell the, you can tell the story of how I was born. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they be like, well, why did y'all say justice? And he said vagina deep. That'd probably be the first. <laughs> that probably be, you know, since I'm like a walking, I usually say I'm like a walking gender workshop. You know, because people yeah. don't, they just don't know. They just, they assume from what they see in front of them. Mm-hmm. Questions are never asked. Yeah. Like, what are your pronouns? Although that might not help, because my pronouns are he, him, his, mm-hmm. right? So we think about this, right? Because when we think about, and I always think about this too, because it doesn't make it very inclusive when we're just actually asking for pronouns. Mm-hmm. I, I told y'all in the beginning, I'm always, <laughs> I'm like, I always look at things in these multiple layers. And, and sometimes, what you're doing is when you ask, if you hear the right thing, you're reinforcing the very thing you don't want to have happen in that conversation, right? And I think about that when I say my pronouns all the time because it doesn't really illuminate that I am trans and that my dialogue actually is from that perspective and experience. It really helps when people look at at me from this lens And when I say he, him, his, this lens matches this conforming to this binary ideology around gender. Mm -hmm. And so there has to be a different way that we communicate beyond pronouns. I feel like that is one way, and it's often um, able to bring in the, the experience of those who don't settle in those binary ideas or positions or roles, I like to say, because 
the world is all about performance. If yeah. we could truly just be ourselves, there wouldn't be boxes for us to live in. Yeah. Let's be ourselves. And so I, as we are communicating with each other, I do understand that we have to have an umbrella because it helps us to find a community much like ourselves. But if we didn't separate ourselves from ourselves, there wouldn't be that basic need because we would be actually honored and celebrated no matter who we bump into, exist near or live with. And that is what we're trying to cultivate. And so even when we're building these communities, we still have to ask questions about the ways that we are still conforming, even, even if we are trying to embody inclusiveness. Yeah. Does that make sense? I know I always go to these weird places when we have these conversations, but I often think about that and don't have the space to, to, to say, you know, we're actually conforming. Mm-hmm. when we ask for these things yeah. because we're not even able to you know I still am under this lens as a cis man I actually you know I walk through the world a lot of times without with that privilege without anyone even questioning right and that's where these pronouns come in because you know there's always this bias when you don't blend right And so therefore we're pulling in and honoring that, but I'm not trying to conform. I'm just trying to be right. And unfortunately my half happens is my, my half happens is my pronouns is he, him, because that feels comfortable for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I even thought about being they, I was like, well, they actually, if I said he, they, you know, that would actually draw more, but I don't feel, and I don't want to lie I always want to be authentic right so it didn't feel right to me to be there it just didn't there's no definition around it I don't have to speak whatever it didn't feel good so he him and so I've been thinking along the way when we think about the spaces that we create um, for folks to be their authentic self the ways that we're meeting with people, like meeting people where they're at. Mm-hmm. I would let us to, I would ask us to let go of our lens, our eyes, right? And go in internal into our field, right? And I believe that that conversation will become more authentic. Therefore, we're not doing pronouns, we're not doing. We're not really, we're just chilling, getting to know each other, asking a lot of questions, just asking, 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 right? If I couldn't see you and we were in a room together, I would have to ask and everything would come from your perspective, not an illusion, right? And that's the way I believe we should start our conversations in the dark. Mm-hmm. The dark is not, is not a negative place in right. the dark. Because it makes us use the senses that we have, Mm -hmm. not just our eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Not just our eyes, because our eyes have been lied to. And through our eyes comes that desire, right? Through our eyes, our eyes have been tamed by a culture that have created this toxic desire. 
So we have to unlearn that. So now all of my relationships have to be built in the dark from that space that I fear. We have been taught to be afraid of the dark mm-hmm. in all of its levels and layers, right? But that is the space that we need to be in to reframe all of our relationships. Yeah. Because we get to build better skills. Yeah. I I love that. I um last weekend, I think it was, we went to a, a trans visibility event. And my five-year-old, who is like, I can see him trying to put people in these boxes already mm-hmm. as five, five years old. Like he, he is like, he was, he approached with so much curiosity, but he started asking people, well, what are you, what are you dressed up as? <laughs> or what are you? And it got to a point where it, like, I could see his, his perspective change. And it was, it was all visual, but starting to say, okay, it tore down some of his boxes, which I'm so glad because as a parent who wants to raise a child who is not racist or homophobic or um, actively anti-racist and anti-homophobic to see my child want to try to, to, to put people where, where he feels they're safe. Um, You know, when there's, it's actually, you miss out on a lot of beauty that way. And so that's what we've been talking about, but he got to a point there where he was like, I love your feather boa. And I love these, you know, the, the fancy shoes that you have on or, you know, but um, I could see the value if he had not been able to see any of that and had just listened to people, what that experience might have been like um, instead. I think that um, we should train ourselves, right? I think we should train ourselves and have, and what would it be like to sit with your partner in the dark, just have a random conversation Mm -hmm. and then talk about what comes up for you in that space. Cause a lot's going to come up, right? First you're in the dark. So you can only imagine what their face look like with what you're going to say or you know what I mean? Like, it's like all of this stuff that's coming from a lens that has been lied to, right? Yeah. Now, I'm going to be honest, because people's faces do things without even them knowing, right? Without even a suggestion. It just does it because that's their face. Like, and then people take it personal. And then it's like, you know, I've had a conversation like that, right? Like, you can't smile every day, all day long, right? And when you're tired, tired may be perceived as angry or you know, depending on what you've internalized in your life, right? And because you're looking at my face, you're not believing when I'm saying I'm actually not mad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just exhausted, you know? And so it's hard to believe someone when you've internalized these things are triggering, right? You've internalized, oh, right? This means that. So you're in your, you're in your trauma. Right. Mm -hmm. But the only thing I can do is say my truth. 
So if you don't believe me, that's actually you. It's yep. not me. So how do we get it to a space where you can believe me? Mm-hmm. Let's take away your lens. Yeah. He wasn't looking at me, right? And we were just having a conversation. It actually would have just went regular, right? <laughs> you wouldn't have known I was tired. You know, I was there to, you know, I was there to win it. You know what I mean? I just, I can't just make my face do what it needs. It does what it needs. That's what my face does, yeah. right? So if it needs to relax, because smiling, you use muscles, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're tired, your smile is tired. Can I say, can I say, it's like we in church. Can we say amen? Your smile gets tired. <laughs> you can't smile all day long. Your muscles be like, <laughs> yes. what's going on here? <laughs> we need a break, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I think that, you know, when I used to do youth work, that was one of the most powerful things. The young people would always feel so transformed from that workshop. And it would be a workshop that we did at Milton Academy, which is a very rich area, Mm -hmm. very rich school. It was called the summer program. And we would have white young people and people from the hood, all diverse, in the same room, in the dark. And first it'd be laughs and giggles. They'd be all laughing because they're afraid. They're going through all of the emotions of being in that space together in the dark as young people, right? And you just walk with them in this process of unlearning, right? Unlearning those, those fears and finding value in conversation. Those are normally the first conversations we have before we break into serious conversations about race. Mm-hmm. And in the dark, we just talking about random things like, what did y'all have for breakfast? What time do y'all normally wake up? What's homework like? What's it like to go to your school? Or what's it like? You know what I mean? It's just like baseline questions. It's not going to stare people up and get them all angry and all uncomfortable, but it's going to help people to kind of relax and be like, yeah, I had eggs for breakfast. Word, I had Fruit Loops. Ha, 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 ha. You know what I mean? And people are just focused on the energy in the room. Yeah. yeah. And that opens up for a very powerful summer institute where people are building different relationships with each other that go beyond our lens. So yeah. it's how we start our, our discussions that matters, right? That creates the intention, creates the energy, and creates the space for people to be all of who they are and know that mistakes are the way we grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a part of the process, right? Because when people are staring at you, everybody works to be perfect. But in yeah. the dark, People don't care. They're just saying, they're like, you know what I mean? It's just so, it's a release, right? I don't feel like I have to hold on to conforming. I can can hide in the dark. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knew that I said I was gay, at least until like day three when I said it in the light. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm really telling you those those conversations will generally like we start with regular stuff, but they are engaged in serious discussion probably by like into 45 minutes and we're no longer asking questions. They're talking to each other. They've moved and rearranged themselves like the lights went, were on, they were in one space. The lights came back on at the end, they were in another space. Like, it was just like, all of this shows, right? Like, what it means to be in community with each other, right? Yeah. What, what it means to take what you need and it's okay, right? For all I know, people was hugging each other. You know, maybe they was doing, being foolish and doing stuff, but I never hold those, you know what I'm saying? Like I trust the intention even of young people. And I feel like if you set the framework, everyone, you know, in the beginning, you're just like, ah, but when you feel, you feel the intention, you just follow through, right? Because you understand that it's a part of the process for you, right? It's not something being dictated. Everything is always an invitation. Young people don't have to do all of my programming. They had to do all of the other people's. But why why do people like me? Because I'd be like, you don't have to be here. That is your choice. Yeah. Right. Even when I did the program in school and they had to be, they had to be there. <laughs> they had to be there. But I was, I kept it a hundred. I still marked them in. I would tell them yo, I'm still going to mark you here, right? I told the whole class, because my job, I am not your teacher. Mm -hmm. I am not here to dictate what time is the time for you to wake up out of your bed and be productive in your brain. That is not me, right? It is your decision to do that. And no matter whether I was a teacher, and I told them, the, the principal of the school, if I had the power, actually... Start times would be diverse. You know what I'm saying? There's early birds. If people did it, you know, everything would be staggered. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, kids, they be, like, demanding kids to do shit they don't need to be doing. I'm just like, you is doing a lot. You is doing a lot. And this is basically for your convenience, not theirs. And therefore, everyone's being molded into your nine to five regiment, right? Don't. Don't funkify it. I know what the fuck's going on here, but that is not everybody's life. You know what I'm saying? So, but because I was honest, yo, everybody came to my class. Like the first couple of days, people, they was like, oh, yeah. They thought I was like, no, I'm Archie present. You know, when you come once a week, I'm Archie present. By the end, everybody came. Everybody came on time. Yo, and we started doing a cycle of, some folk want to bring donuts. Some folk want to bring coffee. Yeah. Like we did. Like it became more communal and people yeah. really, and they paid for it. They were students. They weren't like, Mr. Da, da, da. I paid one day. Whoever had it the next day paid. You know what I mean? Sometimes some foolishness would come in like some, some yo, sir, that's all I could afford is a bag of chips. Yo, that's it. That's it. You know what I'm saying? So they eating chips in the morning. They eating chips in the morning. But you know what I mean? It's like, yo, it is what it is. But we all did it as a community together. You know what I'm saying? And when you put the right expectation out and you give charge to them, like I just basically was like, it's up to you. 
but they heard from their friends what we was talking about in class, right? They heard like friends would tell them, yo, you missed the dope. Like, I'm still going to teach the class, right? <laughs> I'm still going to do what I do. And all of a sudden, it's like, yo, blah, 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 told me y'all watch Sankofa. Yes, we did. We have two and three, part three. If you, you know, I can give you the link for part one. You missed it. If you come in, we're doing part two on this session. Then we have, I tell them everything. I say, then we have a wrap it in the next session. And part three is on Friday. Yo, they come. So I'm like, you just got to treat people the way you would want to be treated, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be forced to come <laughs> to come early. Shoot, I didn't. I told them. I was like, I don't know why Mr. Pie got me coming in early as shit in the morning. And yes, I did say shit. They was like, ooh. I was like, I don't get it. I'm not in. The, I'm not a teacher. I'm not in the teacher's union. I, can't, I don't have to come tomorrow. Like, I'm going to say shit if I want to say shit. If you want to say shit, you can say shit in here. Because who cares? It's like shit is not going to stop you from learning. It's going on in this. I'm just like, I am not in a good space in school. And and Mr. Pie knew that. And that's probably why he asked me to come. Because it actually worked. It pulled the people back. Their attendance went up. Like, it did everything he expected it to do. But I kind of was like... 730 the Ooh. first class yes thank you i was yo i was like yo i was like and you know he had to come and pick me up because i was like i was rolling out of bed he's like boo boo i'm like oh lord oh lord so <laughs> <laughs> like, and then i had four i had to force it right because i was like not only do you have to pick me up, but I need a good cup of coffee. You is driving me into school. I need a good cup. And Dunkin' Donuts don't go. So he had to go around <laughs> to school, which I had to get up earlier, to go to Starbucks in order to get me, because that is the only thing that's open that early. You know what I mean? What? I was like, Lord, that was like, we did that for two, like, units in school. Like, like two quarters, <laughs> we did that. And and then the next quarter he put me in the afternoon. I was like, thank you. Yeah. We just <laughs> we just we just eliminated some of our 7 a.m. times. Cause like for me, like 7 a.m. feels like a four hour difference from 8 a.m. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, like 8 a.m. I can do. 7 a.m. It feels like the middle of the night still. Yep. It does <laughs> because it's what you gotta do to prepare to get there exactly. it's not even 7 a.m don't sound early but it's like well i don't live nowhere near the school so that's that much earlier then i gotta get up i got a dog i gotta walk you know what i'm saying it's like all of this gotta be scheduled early mm-hmm. in order for you to make the car ride you right. know what i'm saying yeah. With See, your I, my garage i don't have that excuse yo <laughs> you, you know that's bad Cause you know, I'll be happy. I'll be rolling out like, huh. I'm in. Yeah. Would you say, do you, you already stretched. All right. Uh, let me go brush my teeth while you stretching. Here's your stretches. Cause I would legit do that. I'd be like, your stretches are, your stretches are. Because pandemic, you don't want me talking in your face. Pandemic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. then while they stretching they be doing their little stretches i'll be like yeah <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Go back in like a champion. Like, how did that feel? How did your body feel? Good morning. Probably did some stretches in that bathroom too. It was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little bit alive because I know I just rolled out the bed, tripped over a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's why I won't take any clients earlier than 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. Because to be here by 8 a.m., I have to get up at like 5.30 in the morning to get my three children ready, get myself ready, drive them out to their babysitter, get here in the amount of time to open up the gym. Like, I won't do before 9. Like, I just won't. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I've, I've, drawn, I've drawn a hard line there. Yo, I feel that. Because if I had that list, you know what I'm saying? Y'all probably wouldn't see me till 12. <laughs> <laughs> right. You was like, well, nine to five is capitalistic, like patriarchal construct. Anyway, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly so what when you were talking about that. It'd be like, where just is it? I'd be like, well, after I did all that shit, which was already a job, I'm taking a short break. See you at noon. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, kids to school and all that. Yo. That's what they got bus drivers for. I mean, they pay people to do that. That is a whole, that is a whole career. Everything right. you say out your mouth is a whole career. So every time I think of something that I've done, like I've done, I walk my dog. That's a whole career. So I'm going to give myself a whole break for that whole career I just did. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> so when you ask me oh da, 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 you better apply then i'm applying my break so mm-hmm. it's 15 minutes per whole career thing <laughs> that i've done today that's right I, I think dog walking is one of the things that led to the demise of my husband and his ex-wife's divorce <laughs> oh wow yo 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 that's not real love. That was the beginning of the end. <laughs> uh, that's where that's where you know is that's when you know when it's over. <laughs> His ex-wife took Dog too walking. many breaks, I think. <laughs> she took vacations instead of breaks. Yeah. <laughs> Vaca- yep. Vacation. Yep, yep, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe Sam will tell you that story in, uh, in one of your courses that's going on right now, which is decentering masculinity. Um, and I'm so excited that he's taking this. Yes. Um, he needed to big time, like big time. Yeah. So, all need to. Yeah. Like, we all do. You know what I'm saying? Even I feel like all genders. Yeah. Because in many ways, right, we don't understand how we are reinforcing, right, they're perpetuating these toxic behaviors, right? So it happens on all waves, right? And in different ways, right? And then in sometimes we do it ourselves because there's value in it. And yeah. we won't recognize that unless we're having those discussions, right? And so this is a framework for everyone mm-hmm. because masculinity is so deep. We've all found desire in it. We've all found power and privilege in it. Yeah. 
when we've enacted in that way and conformed in that way, all of us, and receive rewards from it, right? That That is everyone's experience of it right now, right? And so we the only way we can deconstruct that is if we are engaged in discussions where we are talking about the intention behind the construct. May not be the construct itself, right? It's cool to, you know, say this and that, right? But it's the intention, right? The intention is to mold that into everybody's desire. And that's not everybody's framework. You know, I mean, there's some relationships where those roles actually, they just play out that way naturally because that's the way they want it to be, right? And it's not a bad thing, right? If there's no toxic things happening in that relationship and that is the agreement of both people, then I'm not going to be all like, oh, you're conforming to toxic behaviors because that's the problem. The problem is everybody got say in other people's lives and it's none yet. It's none your business unless they are open to share that. And then still, it is not our, our responsibility to judge. Just be exposed to it, right? And hear it from them, right? And from that, we find that their attention is just the embodiment of a partnership that, that connects that way, right? Is not something that everybody should be moving to or work for everyone, but it works for them. And that's okay. And they're happy with that. Like, and that's the problem with social justice, that that becomes another framework that we have to meet towards perfection. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Justice, you have no idea how yeah. much we feel this right now. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there, there's been a, a there's a been a protest that's happened in our area um, that it happens every month and it's at it, it takes place at Planned Parenthood and there's a church a church that goes there to um, you know pray worship at the gates of hell even though no abortions are are performed at this particular Planned Parenthood um, but it's brought in the proud boys and the Patriot prayer. What I forget what the group is called. Anyway, it's become quite the clash between protesters and counter protesters. And it started to get kind of consistently violent. And a couple of things that you said there, like there's um, some of the internalized, like the internalized racism, the internalized uh, mask, I guess, guess patriarchy that that you see um, is kind of heartbreaking, but it's also caused sort of a rift even within the activist community here on what the right way to to proceed is. And it's it's kind of painful because there's been so many so many instances where we've all really come together and um, you can really like, it's palpable that you can feel the love and the change and the opportunity, but you can't get there without also going through some of hard stuff too. Like, so anyway, right. Oh, this is the work. Yeah. Ready? 
Yes. You're going to like to hear this. Got me everybody where they're at. Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you actually can't do that. And this is why it's so hard. You can't do it at a rally when everything's all like fired up. Right. And everybody's like, da, da, da. so maybe it's an individual email to everyone asking questions, asking them about meeting them where they at. I would like to know what brings you to these rallies. Mm-hmm. Right. I would like to know. I would like to know maybe everybody else. But guess what? By asking it opens them up to ask you or to be with you in suggestions, right? That's meeting people where they're at. And that's never going to happen in a rally. Rallies play, play a major role, right? But it actually has been used in toxic ways. And so you never know the intention when people go to rally, right? right? Yeah, you yep. never know, right? And when people go to rally, a lot of times it, it ends up in violence because, in many ways, that is the intention. And yep. a lot of people who go there are either in defense of that intention, you know what I mean? They, they're expecting it's almost like saying it's going to happen, right? Because that's kind of the space where it happens, but it's also the intention. Mm-hmm. Rallies are not a space for us to have conversation in real ways. Rallies are always an aggressive act to speak forth or bring forward a voice. It doesn't matter which way, doesn't matter, positive or negative, it doesn't matter. That is the intention. So if you're working to meet people where they're at, that actually happens one-on-one, Mm-hmm. And with a question, not an assumption, I don't know why those people are there. I don't know their personal stories or experiences that the conversations that led them and guided them to be in a space that they're in at that moment. Yeah. And I can't ask them that in a rally. Yeah. Because they wouldn't believe my intention. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if I wanted to do the real work, and it's hard, it's a lot of work, then it's finding each one of them and just asking and opening a real dialogue because change doesn't happen yelling at each other. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to our discussion. Do you love the Push podcast? Support us by becoming a Push patron. As a Push patron, you will have exclusive access to our episodes, bonus materials, freebies, access to ask us questions, and more. Go to www.patreon.com slash pushfitness. That's www.patreon.com slash pushfitness now to get started. And now back to the Push podcast. Change doesn't happen framed in rage and anger. It actually is is only rooted in love. And love brings rage and anger. And that's why change happens, right? But you got to get that grounding first. And that's meeting people where they're at. Like when we think we're like, oh, it's going to be so slow. Actually, if you knew the right argument, which is love, 
Mm-hmm. That's where we want to meet people, right? Mm-hmm. It's not in our assumption that they are against us because that's what our lens sees. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that would be my suggestion. That's how I've always done it. The hard way and the easy way. I'm an activist old school. I went door to door and started so many things, not knowing people. I moved in places. That's activism, right? They even teach you that in, in New Jersey Perg and all of these mass all of these places like, like that walk up to you. Religions, they do it. Like, come on, the Mormons. Do, do, do. When I see those white people in the black neighborhoods and they be surviving, I be like, yo, it ain't nothing but God on their side. They be be doing it. I'm serious. Y'all is laughing at me. But I see amazing things when people are just there for conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that, like, I, I mean, it's one of the things I talk about when I talk about you is that you do build on this foundation of love and that you do meet people where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful for you to point this out in this situation too, because like, that's, that is, it, it was total game changer for me. Um, as far as really being able to do some of the harder work, mm-hmm. because I think that as a white woman, I have a lot of privilege that I, um, like for much of my life have not really addressed. And then I was just too afraid to ask questions and talk about it because I was afraid of doing it wrong. I was afraid of being attacked. I was, you know, and to, to have somebody meet me with such compassion really allowed me to crack through a lot of that stuff and to like, learn, learn how to lean in and, even when I'm uncomfortable, because it's the only way I'm going to do better. Yeah. And so I, I thank you for that because that was like, there was a lot of personal growth that came from you showing me that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I, I hugged my tattoo. I had to make sure it was all right. I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, <laughs> uh, somebody, <laughs> quick note, somebody <laughs> didn't see me for years and years. And they drove down my street. And I was walking my dogs, minding my business. It's a good thing I'm a community person because I'm also an introvert. So norm, my normal response to people yelling my name out loud or doing a drive-by is to run away very quickly. But I had... <laughs> It really is. Uh, but I had two dogs who really had to go to the bathroom. And so I'm like, oh, and I'm like, like one's the puppy and one's portion. So they're both like pulling in like these weird ways. Right. And then like drives up. And he's like, I just want to give you a hug. And I'm like, Lord, thank God I got, I got my shot. Thank God I got my shot. Because I don't, I don't know. It's like, and then, you know, I ain't got my glasses on. Right. So I, <laughs> I 
really couldn't see. Like, who is this? I don't know. I didn't know who they was until they got close enough for the hug. And then I was like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Because it was a person that I really, really, really loved and really, really, really missed. But my eyes, this is the thing about I'm good in the dark, right? Because my eyes is like, <laughs> whatevs. <laughs> You don't know who's in front of you. Good luck with that, bro. Like, I was like, yeah, you know, I got two dogs. They both small, but hey, they bite ankles. They bite ankles. Protection. <laughs> power. But it was like great. I couldn't see it. It was great. <laughs> so funny. But they hugged my tattoo. That was the whole point of the story. It was like, oh. And I was like, ow. Yay. Yeah. That is sore. I I have one on my shoulder, same place. And I remember how sore it was. It's a pelvis. I like it. Thank you. It's a pelvis on your shoulder. It's a pelvis on my shoulder. Yep. I know. Okay. So I was in the dentist office and I was complimenting someone on their tattoos. And then they started all like, like pulling their sleeves up and showing and stuff. And I was like, I'm like, oh my God, you got to see my pelvis. And I start like pulling my sweatshirt up and you should have seen the eyes. Both just like... (laughs) They were like, hold on. She's going to strip down. (laughs) Yo, that's where I would have went. That's where I would have went. And I would have felt like you actually had every freedom to do so because the other person was like, oh, and over here. Oh, and over here. You know what I mean? I'm like, I was like, it sounded like y'all both was about to strip. (laughs) Y'all. I thought that's what we were doing here. I don't know, people don't know. I got a lot of tattoos, but people don't know because they're under things. And I'll be like, that is special. I can tell you what it is, but that is a special gift for the person who's going to unwrap it. Yes, not for you. I'm the opposite tattoo kind of person. Uh, like right now, if people aren't going to see it, I don't want to get it. Like I, oh. <laughs> I want to get it in all the spots where it shows. <laughs> well, I, I get that though because it's art but you know what there's some art I just keep for myself like I'm, legit there is some art like my Sankofa bird you know what I mean I might take a picture of it and be like hey da, da, da. but it's actually a spiritual thing that's the reason why I got it it's not like oh da, da, da. it reminds me to always look back in the intention behind things, fine. You gotta find the intention behind it, not why we're doing it, the intention behind it, because then you can reframe it and then make it work for you, right? In a positive way. So that is, is like, that's what I mean. Like all of the ones I, I like, I wanna show, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, show my girls. Like I get them on my arms. And then I have this one on my leg that I actually just got to get. Now, I mean, sometimes I show, but I, I just got, it's like, my brother even was like, you don't even like to wear short shorts. And I was like, I know, I actually, it's true. I actually just got it because it's, it's my kettlebell Leo. So it's like, I, it's kind of like another spiritual thing. It's like, I just kind of, kind of got it for me. It wasn't like, I was like, oh, I'm going to get this and show it to everybody. You know what I mean? I even, I even wasn't like all like, Oh, let me find the best two artists. Like it legit was just for me. So I just went to some random person was like, hey, can you put can you put a lion on a bell and call it a day and tattoo it on my leg? And they was like, sure. I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, because everybody be like, oh, my tattoo is permanent. I'd be like, actually, the tattoo is on your skin. It's actually not permanent. I'm just mm-hmm. <laughs> not permanent. 
because we're not permanent. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so this is a good segue into our first question. Oh, Lord. We our get... first question. <laughs> it might be our only question. It might be but, the question. But talk us through your relationship with your body growing up. Well, when I was growing up, it, I didn't really think about body. You know what I mean? It's, I'm like mad weird. Like when I was younger, because I guess the way everything was framed, it was like experiential learning, but the, there wasn't like this negative deterrence, like, oh, you know, like when I enjoyed what I enjoyed, people weren't, weren't like, yo, you can't like no trucks or you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't right, like an attack. You know what I'm saying? I guess because people just was like, yo, Justice is a tomboy or whatever. So in that framework, a lot of my behaviors under that whatever just was okay. Like, wasn't people like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just, they just was like, yo, you know, Justice kind of tough. So <laughs> as I was growing up, like, that's how I, I rock and rolled with it. You know what I'm saying? Until like, maybe like high school, really, where I just began to feel like even this way didn't feel comfortable to me. Like, I felt like the things that I wanted to do, which was really framed in this binary gender way in, in high school, you know, in, in, in grade school, you don't really care about it. You know, I didn't really think about athletics and stuff like that. It was more like play. Mm -hmm. But when it became competitive in my mind, I actually wanted to be in the spaces that I felt my body could achieve in, right? And so that was like, so first I really like wanted to play football, like legit. And mm -hmm. Mr. Thomas was like, yo, I think you'd be good, you know, because I played on the girls basketball team but you know I like to lift weights I like to be I don't like to be like quick at that at that age actually right. I was trying to hide um a lot about my body so I kept myself pretty stocky you know what I'm saying and in that stockiness I also enjoyed lifting weights I was always in the weight room with the dudes and stuff and they'd yeah. be like yo spot me I'd be like yeah you know like like the tomboy like nobody even thought about it you know and so when I went for football they let me like they let me like train with them which was fun as shit because I got to, I got to knock some cats off their feet they never even thought some shit you know what I mean and I got to achieve things in that other body that nobody would expect and I did that in the name of allowing people to see that your framework is false it's is really unjust to people in these bodies, right? And these bodies can withstand way more than your body. Like many times a big ass dude will come and try to knock me over and because of my hips and my stance, like no matter how big they were, it legit, that's what Mr. Thomas was like. I wish I could put you on, cause I knew how to ground myself, mm -hmm. right? And that's when they started making me a picture and shit because I could get low and get like strong, if that makes sense. Um, 
Yeah. Does he, that does that make sense? But yeah. people would try to like knock me over and they couldn't. Yeah. And I would laugh, right? Because I'd be like, yo, this this is really some funny shit because they is being like light with it. Like you gotta kind of like if you want to get me over, you you can't you can't just run into me. If that makes sense, like you gotta like dig deep in the gr- the earth and like find your grounding to push me over. And I feel like the drills that we did didn't teach us mentally, even though they taught our bodies. But it didn't like you know the the drills where you're you're knocking into something heavy, right? You're yeah. supposed to get grounded to push it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it never applied with like I felt like people would never put two and two together. you just throw your body weight at things and I'm like sometimes that don't work you know if you got good grounding you just want to bounce your shit and that's a lot of times what happened and I'm little but I was like actually I was weighted you know what I mean so I enjoy practice I enjoy showing um the boys that they weren't as strong as they thought they were Mm -hmm. Right. But that was actually I stopped doing that because it was used as violence against them, which in turn would impel violence against me. Right. Not that they would come at me, but, you know, they would bully. They would say some stuff and they'd be like, oh, trying to be a guy or this, always doing like some crazy stuff. And then so I stopped because, you know, people don't understand my framework. Right. So you just end up, I ended up in a band. I ended up in band and just did basketball with Mr. Thomas because he he actually is a, was a good coach. He passed away. He was like one of the best. He would let me do whatever. He was like, if I, if I, if I was the coach of the basketball team, the men's team, I would let you play men's. You know what I mean? Like he's very, he was not, he was not the person to be like all, it was like weird, but he wasn't a gender dude. He wasn't like, you know, he had daughters that were really, really strong. Right. And I think that framework really helped him to open his eyes and made him like a good coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, like legit who used it as violence was the multiple, you know, there's like, assistant coaches he has three assistant coaches which made it like not really like nice you know what I'm saying and it showed me that it doesn't matter who's in charge if everybody is still connected to these negative ideas and are still conforming to it and still forcing these ideas within young people right so we have to change the systems not just individuals. That's when I learned it. Cause I was like, it's toxic because of the school, because everything else is not under Mr. Thomas's or Coach Thomas's control, right? So it's reinforcing negative things. And then we get to one space with one person. It was like two at our school. Of course, the nurse. The nurse is always the best person. I feel like at every school, the nurse is just like, you just go to the nurse. So it was the nurse and Coach Thomas in my school, right? Because I was like, whenever I needed to get out of class, the nurse would be like, oh, you sick. I'd be like, could you? I got to go to the nurse. (laughs) The nurse knew, but the nurse also knew about my gender, my gender. um, Like, that was the only person I could talk to about that. And also knew, like, you know... that I was different because we would have like grown up, grown ass conversations, right? 
And she will always say that. She will always be like, I feel like you're much wiser than your years because I always feel like I'm talking to a grown up when we have conversation. And I always learn something from what you say. She say that all the time. And I'd be like, well, and I never thought about it. You know, I'm a fucking kid. I'd be like, oh, that's great. I'm just here because I don't want to be in class. <laughs> <laughs> like legit, that'd be my response all the time. I'd be like, thank you. I'm just, I don't want to be in class because it's like, yo, I was already done my homework. I was already done the classwork. I feel like it's not challenging. And sometimes the teacher be drunk. <laughs> I'll, be like, I'll be like i'm like yo i think blah 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 is a, a alcoholic she'd be like yeah he is he came to blah 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 i'll be like yo like i'm telling you we have some real ass conversations i even told my mom the conversation we had my mom was like you need to stop doing that i was like i know because I, I always be like yo i be in the teacher's room like i like legit like i tried to go to college early right because i was smart enough but actually i wasn't mature enough and i i actually had to agree with that too because i i would have lost i would have went to college and act a fool if i <laughs> like I, I was like that's all i was thinking like there was like so what i'm smart i want i want you know and my mom was right my mom was like you need those two years even though you're smart you need because once you leave you're grown up mm -hmm. right be a child and I was like, you know what? That's probably why I'm able to keep my child light or now. Because <laughs> that was the strongest thing my mom ever said to me. Because I, I I felt like being a child was negative. But actually, that reinforced being a child is a positive thing. And mm -hmm. we need that in our lives, right? And that's not something that should be taken lightly. And my mom applied that conversation when we were talking, you know, because... The principal's going to send you because it makes the school look good. And my mom was like, yeah, you know, the National Honor Society would do. And justice is going to, I was actually already in college. I was going to Rutgers for summer programs. That's enough, she said. You know what I mean? And she she was actually right. Because I'm like, I wouldn't, I would have lost two fun ass years Right, because I had mad fun. It was, <laughs> and you don't think about that in time, right? I I applied to Rutgers when I when I was going to graduate school, and I didn't get in. Oh, I I I went to Rutgers for undergrad. Oh. I I actually, um, you know, I got into Rutgers because two things. I I am very smart. Mm -hmm. But actually, it wasn't because of that. It was because of a diversity program. Rutgers is very racist, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they fill slots with people of color. And here I did that summer program. So it wasn't even like it was automatic. I did the summer program, which is a diversity thing. Right. In order to actually train us to be prepared or weed us out. But it was like a guarantee we was going to be in there, right? If you want to take black people, you might as well take, you know, smart black people, I guess. Right. Oh. Like the slots, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, and, and I knew that, like, if you, because it, it was very few of us there, it was very few of us there, right? Mm -hmm. And they would jam us all in this place. They would jam us all in this place called Livingston Campus. 
and it'd be so far away from like <laughs> the regular campuses. You have like an eight o'clock class and be late all the time because there's no way you making an eight o'clock class. I learned this the wrong way. I was like, Lord, I had to withdraw. I was like, Livingston is like the hood of Rutgers. Right, what, what were you putting us way out here? Yeah, <laughs> it's on the other side of Bush campus and Bush campus is far, but normally people go in the bushes for a specific reason. They're going for sciences. So they're not going to be going like from campus to campus for their classes. Their classes are right there. Yeah. But when you're in Livingston, it's actually, it's not a campus. It's like a dorm, it's like a dorm space, right? There's yeah. no college classes in Livingston. You got to go to Rutgers. You got to go to Cook. You got to go to Bush for your science classes. So you, you're like all over the place. Yeah. I tried to win that. Yeah, right. Rutgers don't like Black people. Yeah. Well, maybe it was a blessing I didn't get in. Yeah. <laughs> But do you want to ask one more question before we, he's got to go? Yes. Yes, I do. I, so here's what I, here's what I would like to know. This is one of my favorite questions. If you could go back in time and tell a 10 year old you anything, what would it be? It would be keep doing what you're doing because whatever, I wouldn't want to change anything. Whatever happened at 10 brought me to where I am today. And no matter how hard the road was, right? The reality is, is that we can't go back in time and we can't change anything about ourselves. So I accept all of my experiences as building me into who I am today. And they're not negative. Even, even if they felt negative in time, I wouldn't want to change it. Because any change, I wouldn't have this heart. I wouldn't have this passion. I wouldn't have this approach to the way that I, I build relationships with people. I wouldn't have the community around me that I have today. And I wouldn't be so passionate and invested, right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't because our experience, right? And this is what science can't take away. It is our experience that creates us. Yeah. It is not our DNA. Right. And I'm sorry to say it is our experiences. Right. And we have to frame it that way so that we can accept that where we are today is from all of the experiences that we've had in our life. Mm -hmm. One of our other guests talked about that when we asked this question about how we always carry our younger selves with us anyway. They're not gone they're still here with us. And so, and I just love that. I love this answer that you're giving. I loved that perspective that, you know, we don't grow up and leave that person behind. They are always with us. And so the, the experiences that we had are what create us and are still creating us now and how we deal with either past trauma or privilege or any of those things. So thank yeah. you for this. Thank yes. you so much for being here. I feel like you, we have to book that that plane ticket soon because I <laughs> I feel like I can so spend the whole afternoon. We're going to the lake later. We get we get. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. 
hey, my mom used to take us to the lake because I, I didn't like the beach. Yeah. I really like lake water better than the beach water. I mean, I would do, I know that beach water is healing because of the salt content or whatever, but just wasn't really digging in. Maybe the animals in there scare me away. You know what I mean? <laughs> because you could get stung by those stinger stingrays or yeah. like actually beaches are kind of dangerous. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> all of the animals, your shark could a shark could come up. You just be like, oh Lord, where'd you come from? The ocean, hello, which is connected <laughs> to the beach. That's where the you acting like they just Money? No, that is part of the ocean, y'all. Like, come on. Of course, a shark that's in the ocean may end up. Well, they don't never. Well, you ain't got no. You ain't got no say. Where the fuck a shark going go? This is the thing about people crack me the hell up. Well, they never did it before. Well, they doing it now, right? Like, what? The, <laughs> I always be laughing. You know what I'm saying? Like, the person who bit wasn't who got bit by the shit wasn't like the. They are very clear that that shark came down in the water and, and now they know sharks. Yeah, they come down anywhere they want because they swim in the water. <laughs> See, and as a mom of a child who has no fear, I spend most of the time when I just went to the beach yesterday, I spent most of the time walking the beach like I should have been, you know, like kind of just zenning out just afraid that my son was going to let himself get pulled into the ocean because he's just you know five years old just running towards the wave and then i yes that's another thing pulled in i'm like ah (laughs) you never know waves are active oh yeah so (laughs) this is what a wave does (laughs) scoop you up pull you under yes so I, I spent no the whole time pulling that child out. I was like, <laughs> like yeah, my yeah. five-year-old's the opposite. He'll be like, can I put my toes in the water? Will you hold my hand while I put my toes hey, in the yeah. water? That's me. That is me right there. I'm like, what is that? And why is that bigger than me? Oh, no, ma. Yo, yeah. <laughs> What the hell is that? I might even curse as a five-year-old. What the hell is that, mom? <laughs> <laughs> one time, wait, one time my mom, my mom brought me to, this is like embarrassing. So do not add this in your thing. So you know what? I don't even care because it's hilarious. So one time my mom brought me to, it was like a Christmas show or whatever, right? And my favorite, my favorite bear of all time, still my favorite bear of all time, it's Winnie the Pooh, right? So I see Winnie the Pooh in cartoons and my bear is like this big, okay? This right. is what I think in my child mind, right? That Winnie the Pooh is. Right, because he so goes and the and everything. Yo, <laughs> yo, my mom brings me to the convention center and she stands me in front of this big ass Winnie the Pooh and she's like, Thinking it was like the best gift ever. I turned around. I ran the fuck out. I ran out. I ran out of convention center. I ran down the boardwalk. I ran to the end of the thing. And I stood there. And I had happened to have grabbed my brother too. And he got heavy. And so I put him down when he got heavy. So if you can imagine all of the negative things that had happened. By her thinking she's giving me this beautiful gift of Winnie the Pooh. Right. <laughs> no. 
it was horrible. It was horrible. And she laughed at me and she said she laughed so hard she needed the pins. <laughs> hip girl, I'm telling you, you need to get that hip floor right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. But I told her, <laughs> you need to get that hip floor right, mom. That's funny. <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> I can see it. In my yeah. Mind. Yo, I was out, yo. People was laughing at me. She had to send my cousin to go get me. It was like <laughs> hilarious because I was gone, and oh, you yeah. never know how quick your child is until they scared of a big ass motherfucking Winnie the Pooh. All right, you never know. She was like, "I ain't never seen you move so quick. I ain't never moved so quick. Probably, I probably was like in slow motion all my life, like." Yo, I saw that. I was like, yo! <laughs> and I grabbed my brother. I was like, no! Let me save my brother. But then I was like, yo, he heavy. And he saw me. Um, <laughs> this is why I, I ain't even know him that long. So I ain't even know him that long. So not as long as I knew me. So let me just drop him to the side. <laughs> just left him there. My mom was like, oh, Lord. Well, why was he holding my hand? Why would you, why would you scare me with him? Holding my hand. <laughs> wasn't thinking. I wasn't thinking let him go. I was just like, I'm out. <laughs> so my cousins, they actually still make fun of me, yo, because my cousin Lewis had to go get me. And everybody else just laughed at me the whole time. My mom was nervous. Where are my children at? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh goodness! Okay, so no, no big, no big Winnie the Poohs for you. No, no regular, regular size. A teddy bear not alive. Yo, yo. So my mom used to bring me to my favorite ice cream store. It's like my favorite because it had bubblegum ice cream. Oh yeah. But I was very afraid. To go in the store, I would never want to, she would laugh at me. I would never want to leave the car because there was this gigantic horse and cowboy that is like right, like right in front of the fucking place. And you, you just see it, you drive up. I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. I felt like it was alive. Like I'm a child. My imagination was like crazy. I'm like, this shit's going to come alive. The horse is going to eat me. The giant fucking cowboy's going to scoop me up. Black lives matter, mom. Black lives matter. No, I'm going to stay in the car. Bubblegum ice cream, mom. That's why I stay my ass in that car. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we went into a store called Prehistoric yesterday and they have this like huge dinosaur that's animated, like shaking its head around, you know, the teeth yeah. going and stuff. My son, and it has like a big do not touch sign on it too. Yeah. My son goes up, puts his hand in the mouth. <laughs> your son is the best. So while your son is doing that, right? It will almost be like, I am his counterpartner, right? Because I'm creating... Like a deflection while he's like, yo, Justice is my best friend right now. Because I'm like, oh my God, big ass fucking dice. And I'm running. And everybody's watching this grown ass black man with all these muscles. Yes, because it's always like that. It's like, look at this grown ass black man with all these muscles run. Yeah. Run from the big un unalive dinosaur <laughs> that fake moved. Right? <laughs> that fake move. And you know, I didn't have my glasses on. 
So everything, my perceptions all messed up. So I would have, I would have felt the movement and been out. Did that shit move? Oh fuck nah, I'm fucking out here. <laughs> I'm bouncing, I'm bouncing. So you better not take me there to visit. I don't know prehistoric. I'm- we will not go to prehistoric. We will not. No, because it's at the beach. And I already know how you feel about the ocean. We'll do some lake. We'll go to the lake. I'll be like, there's a shark. We're gonna <laughs> so shark. Yo, people be like, who is this person you brought to this side of the mountain? Oh, you want to send them back. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah. If I go on you all side, I'm gonna try to visit back. And yeah. also the the um the people from striving uplift. I think they're four hours away from you. That's yeah. what Seattle. Seattle is four hours from here. And so, so I think I'm gonna fly in one place, get a rental, and then drive down to the other place and then fly out that place. I don't think I'm gonna drive back no yeah. crazy. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> so that that works. That works. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> Because I think I've been working all day. I've been working since this morning. Yeah. And, and I legit had just finished the um the the kettlebell swings. And I had to move all of that. Like is it wasn't, it was over at like 12, but it was the moving of all of the yeah, yeah I understand that. Yeah. I'm like, yo, you know what? I think um, well, it's hard because not everybody who comes own a bell. So I right. actually would still have to. <laughs> bring because you never know you want to bring small and large you know what I mean yeah. so I still got to bring the bells I just be like yo when people are like yo I could bring my own bell I'd be like yes yes that's, that's I need to carry thank <laughs> you I, that's what I'll be thinking but then people also are walk-ups we had a walk-up today oh yeah they was like what you doing and I was like it's free kettlebells every other Sunday and they're like really it's free I was like yes it's free. <laughs> it's always funny when people be like, "This is yeah, it don't cost nobody. You can actually just walk and pick up a bell. Just don't walk off with the bell because I might be sad because that's right. one less bell I'll have for the community. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even, <laughs> this is what's weird about me. If they walked away with the bell, I'd just let them. <laughs> I even told people, they was like, nah. Because you know what? If they willing to fucking take that shit and walk wherever the fuck they walk into with that fucking weight and this hot, they need it more than I do. Because I wouldn't do that shit. <laughs> and I keep that shit 100. I'd be like, see ya. Yeah. Have a community gift. Because right. that's the thing. People don't think about people's need. Like if somebody needed something that much that they would do that, that's what I think. I don't think that motherfucker stole. I think, yo, they needed it because they went and pick it up and try to <laughs> and try to walk like 500 fucking miles or <laughs> whatever. So, you know, and guess what? I don't know what the fuck they need it for. You know what I mean? It's whatever they need it for. They need it for whatever they need it for. I just keep it rocking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we will we'll let you go um but thank you thank you thank you so much for being on with us this has been a real pleasure we have been looking forward to this for like weeks now so we we really appreciate it y'all are the best i get <laughs> y'all are the best 
I, I'm just grateful for y'all. I'm always glad because it, I meet so many amazing people, right? And this is the thing. This is why I like to meet people where they at. Because I often find if I let go of my own biases and I let go of all of the baggage that people's intentions are just genuine. It's just that they learn toxic things and didn't even know it was toxic, right? And so that's why I'm like, yo, that's why I'm really good at it. Because I'm like, oh, you know, I never think about it. And you got to begin to think about it the other way. Always, We're always in ourselves. And part of it, we should, right? We should be in ourselves, but more for self-monitoring, right? Because you should never assume bad intentions, even when things are getting thick. I mean, when I'm confused, I may get a little like, oh, you know, or I may seem in a way that you think is negative, but it's more about me than about you, right? Meet me where I'm at, right? So if we learn these things, it'd be like being in the dark, right? Because it is. If you met me where I'm at, you're letting go of your assumptions, your judgments, your ideas of what's going on in the moment, and you're just there with me and allowing me the space to actually feel, do what I need to do, and then share, and then share, right? So that you understand, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all of y'all. We're grateful for you too. We love you too. And enjoy the rest of your weekend, Justice. That's all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the Push Podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us a review. The more subscriptions and reviews that we get, the more visibility we get, and the more easily we can find listeners just like you. Also, if you really love the Push Podcast, consider becoming a Push patron. Go to www.patreon.com slash pushfitness to see all of our membership levels and show us some love over on our Patreon page. That's it. That's it. Bye.